0: Welcome back everybody, this is episode 229 of the Black Eagles Podcast and that's right I'm your host, the one and only Sean Schwarting, back again and yeah New York City is the place where I host from as per usual. Crazy weather, very nice mild weather with crazy rain patterns, like really weirdly unpredictable. Theoretically there was gonna be tornado stuff, but in fact it wasn't, and it was warm enough, there was just these like little refreshing sprinkles at the end of the day. A little bit scared about, but in the end it was pleasant. And once again, a perfect metaphor for our Beshiktash experience. For those who know, if you know, you know. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Touch. We had a fun week of very little rumors and just kind of gossip about who was staying, who was going. Nothing concrete and like nothing really credible. Supposedly, like Kyle Laren was back in the rotation for potentially re signing because, you know, he showed some verbs and some. some, some some energy in our last, in his last outing under Big Val. Valeria is my, but of course nothing concrete. Nobody knows what's gonna happen. Everything's going to the last minute. So let's just talk about this match, folks. Let's dig in. Operation is in effect, in effect. as of right now. That's right. So of course, the match itself was against Gustepe, and Gustepe is a side that's guaranteed to go down. Sad in a sense, right? We would all want to see Izmir represented. I think we could all argue that, I mean, Guztepe is not my favorite of, of the Izmir side, so... Them being the one going down. I, I, I'm sadder about Altai, perhaps, you could say. But whatever. Um, I won't get into that just yet. What I'll talk about is, is like, what precedes this match for Gusteppe They have not won a match since January 22nd. And what's actually quite interesting about that is they went on this run where they had won five matches in a row from December, from the very end of de- December um, into the end of January, essentially. And so they were like, oh, you know, there's some question of, you know, maybe Gustave is, is for real. Maybe they'll make a run of things for themselves. You know, maybe they'll, they'll be more than they had looked like they would be, and they'll stay up. And then, bam, like from then on, from January 22nd on, they lost to Altai, drew us in the cup, of course we got past them. They lost to the Hatai sport, they lost to the Galatasaray, they lost to the Giresun, they lost to the Kasim Pascha, they lost to the Trabzon Sport, they lost to Alanya Sport, they lost to Konya sport, they lost to City Sport, they lost to Fenerbahce, they lost, or sorry, they drew Gaziantep, in Gaziantep, so I mean, there's some credit to their to them there, but I think by then it was too little, too late. They lost to Rizespor one to seven. Yes, they were the home side, and, that, and they lost one to seven. Then they lost to Fatih Karagumruk in the match prior to ours. So just terrible form. I, I, you, you know, if, if Fener was the opposite last week, as far as like the best team in the league form-wise. Josepe is pretty undoubtedly the worst team in the league, form wise So it would take some machinating to make this a competitive match. But this is Turkey, where the referees love nothing more than just that type of a challenge. Machinate they would. Uh, But so, obviously, before we even do that, we should probably talk about the last time Besiktas played Goethepe, and it was right before their little winning streak, actually. Excuse me for that sound, dropping things. Uh, but right before that winning streak I mentioned uh, at the end of, J- of December, they played us in Istanbul, the Vodafone Park, and lost two to one. Kyle Lahren would equalize after Şerif İndaye would, would give them an early lead. They scored in the third minute, but then, yeah, Kyle Aaron in the 31st minute equalized Ozan with the assist. There was that little brief period where we thought Ozan might be the solution. Uh, and then the second half would be Rashid Ghazal with the go-ahead goal, Mishi Bachwai assisting. And that would be the final score, 2-1. to one. So, a good result for Besiktas the first time around. How would it go this time? Let's talk about it, shall we? There would be some issues, of course, for Besiktas going into this one, as there always are. First of all, in Goal, Emre Bilgin, that's right, I said Emre Bilgin in Goal, not as in de On the back line, Javi Montero, Wellington and Serdar Sachi, so Gomagos Vida, notably absent from the back line this scenario. Serdar, the go-to guy over Nijib which is good news. I think we could all potentially agree. On the wings, for wing back, you have Umut Medash on the left side and Valentin Rosier on the right, uh, playing alongside Joseph De Souza and again, Emirhan Ilkhan, the young Besiktas Academy product, getting another prolonged look in the center of our midfield. Up on, on, ahead of them would be Kyle Laren and Georges Cavin Nkudu. I'm sorry, that's not correct at all. Nkudu and, and Rashid Gizal on the wings with Kyle Laren up top. But, so that would be the top three. Um, sorry, the my app got this thing mixed up, but I know better than that. I can work on the fly. Um, as for Gustepe, their goalkeeper was Arda Uzjimen, 20-year-old Turk, so that would be, you know, a prospect for anyone who's on the, on the prowl for that type of thing, Marco Mihojevic, 26-year-old Bosnian central defender, alongside Karaman Demirtas, 28-year-old Belgian-Turk, and Dino Arslanagic, the 28-year-old Belgian-Turk. Uh, on their wings would be Berkan Emir, 34-year-old left back, and Murat Paluli, 27-year-old Turkish right back. On their midfield, up ahead of them, David Tijanic, 24-year-old Slovenian, Atakan Cankaya, 23-year-old Turk, and Yalcin Kayan, 23-year-old Turk as well, playing behind Franco Di Santo, 33-year-old Argentinian central forward. And Makana Baku, the 24-year-old German, it's perhaps more intriguing prospect, uh, one could be paying attention to on this Goztepe side. But so yeah, you know, kind of interesting lineups abound for both sides. Obviously for Beshash, nothing too crazy, not like the Fenner match, but um, yeah, so, some makeshift aspects, components, um, at least on the back line and certainly in the goal but so yeah let's dig into festivities here let's talk about the match itself so what went down let's talk about it so first of all the first real action of the match was in the fifth minute and it was an odd say baffling bit of play it would kind of underline the form our opponent was bringing into this match. From the very fifth minute, Emirhan, with a lovely ball, although the timing was a bit off, perhaps if he'd one-touched it, things would have resulted in a different outcome, but perfectly placed into the path of Kyle Laren who runs a bit down the right side, sends in a cross that mysteriously just bounces off of Dino Arslanagic into the back of the net for an own goal. Mysterious, perhaps great for us, a great beginning, but no, Uh, Kyle Aaron was just a bit offside. And again, if Emirhan's ball was like a one-touch, it's just a couple seconds earlier, could have been a shock. First goal of the match, but it's not. And instead, in the ninth minute of play, a yellow card for Valentin Rosier. Um, a bit of a baffling play. It looked like a line judge had said that it was to touch his ball for a throw-in. is right back picks it up, or, or left back rather, picks it up to throw it. Rosier sort of jumps up to block him and get the ball back, because it's our ball, right? Apparently wrong. And not just wrong, but because he did that, he gets a card for it, which is, I think, doubly baffling since I think it was kind of a lineman judge error. But so fine, whatever, it's just the yellow card, right? No big deal, right? Um, it results in a free kick that is lofted really nicely into the box for them, resulting in two point blank shots on goal saved by the young, impressive Emre Bilgin who, you know, we have some minimal knowledge of going into this match, but... That certainly makes us feel a little bit better about the kid and about what's going on in this match, even, right? So, fine, but on that very play, Wellington goes down to injury and on comes Nejip Uiso. Alright, so now that somewhat makeshift backline becomes even more makeshift. I mean, makeshift is not quite the right word. Just backups, just a B team, right? Nothing too crazy. But so, Keep going with it. 18th minute. And here's where things get really bizarre. So, um, a bit of a counterattack opportunity for Gustepe. Uh, Valentine Rosier with. It looks like a fairly typical tackle. I don't even know if I really registered much in the way of contact. But it's a yellow card for Valentine Rosier. And he's sent off in the 19th minute to say that there's an injustice at work here is, I think, an understatement. Both. The first card was somewhat questionable, although in a, in a vacuum, right, okay, you give some more card for for that type of play. But certainly then the, the second one is beyond reason, I think we can all agree. Quite bizarre. So we're a man down. Like I said, you know, the only way a side like Guseppe could win at, at this stage, given their terrible run of form. Is with some machinating on the part of referees specifically, and of course, that's exactly what we get. So, her reaction is a 21st uh, minute substitution. Kenan Karaman coming on for Georges Kevin and Kudu. And so, at this point, I think we're sticking with the sort of five man back, or you know, the three back, with now Kenan oh, Karaman oh. as a right wing back and Umut Merash still as a left wing back. So instead of having wings, we have just two two guys up front, and so, you know, theoretically one of them can run off and be more of a support for the other one to be more of a classic forward and vice versa, depending on things positionally, right? So whatever, you know, you're a man down, hopefully we deal with it, that's that's all we can hope for. It doesn't help that we have basically a, a, a debutante in goal, I mean not quite, but basically, right? Whatever, 25th minute yellow card for Murat Paluli. Um, they're getting physical at this point, they've realized they can disrupt play by getting physical and they're doing it. That's the NYPD giving us a a little drive-by, um, but so yeah, in the 26th minute, right off of this yellow card, right sort of outside of the penalty box, Rashid Ghazal steps up to take a penalty kick, uh, not penalty kick, sorry, a free kick, sends a shot really strong, went into the wall. It careens out to the left and right into the path of Kyle Lahren, who runs in well, you know, good response from him, to be fair. And yeah, he's got, you know, kind of does exactly what it needs to, which, hey, how about that? we could have used that all season, Kyle. But, you know, whatever. It's still appreciated, I suppose. He does a nice job of it. Kind of a, a looping shot into the into side netting done nicely goal and Basutas is up responding well to going a man down unjustly perhaps justice served cold in the way of uh, the ball hitting the back of the net there 31st minute a yellow card for Atakan Jankaya and that physicality right there it's really starting to bear out Um, despite being a man down we're still maintaining much of the ball I think it's like 60-40 roughly speaking and so they're resorting to physicality to touch a rough play um, to try to disrupt us which has been a tried and true approach all season to be fair but so in this case very interesting stuff so off of a free kick basically um, from from fairly deep in, in in the in like our own area of the pitch Kind of, sort of looks like we're lazily bringing it up. Emirhan gets it, and then just launches the ball into the box, and we're all wondering, like, what's this? Um, Gusepe tries to react by sending up their their uh, their back line, right, the, the offsides line, but a little slowly, and the result is that Emirhan just pinpoint, direct, perfectly placed ball into the path of. Montero who wisely stayed on just long enough to to collect this one on sides they've tried to press him off sides and the result is he has space he steps back and instead of doing something dumb instead of wasting opportunity he carefully places that Joseph is coming into the box finds the perfect ball for him and just Joseph one touch volley right into the back of the net no questions asked BAM! Justice served, indeed. And so just some brilliant work from the kid, Emhyrhan, who I've really started to sing the praises of lately. Like, initially I thought people were getting a little too excited by like little flashes, you know, little impressive actions, right? But like all in all, maybe not a guy who's impacting a game the way that you'd want someone to. At this point, he's all over the pitch, he's making passes all over the place. He's even doing things kind of like, in this match he didn't stand out in a lot of ways, but he did almost everything perfectly. And so like he's learning a, a position and he's doing it gracefully. I'm starting to really get excited about this kid. And I think you can tell Valerian smiles as well. You almost want him to stay under the radar just long enough that we can get another, like maybe, year or two before someone comes in so that we can really up his value. Because I feel like He's now earned a place in the in the lineup, no doubt, and he's starting to look like someone who could really pan out. Obviously, you don't want to get too excited. You don't want to jump the gun. He has to, to show consistency. He's got to show the, the ability to play at a high level consistently. But, you know, it's a few matches in a row now. And like, like I said, like, I mean, that's it almost for the end of the half, but You know, without going into why he would come off later, he would come off. It wasn't because of his play. He did almost everything perfectly when he was out there. And we'll talk about why he had to come off in a moment. And this is why. So, right after our goal in the 31st, 32nd minute, we're up 2 0. Despite being a man down, we have much of the ball. And then disaster strikes. So, Joseph, who just scores, right? He who who giveth, taketh away. Uh, And of course, Joseph, being as biblical as he is, Celebrating the way he did right pointing out to the to the heavens. He gets a, a, a biblical reference But here as well. He taketh away by being red carded briskly um, After the goal a rough tackle no doubt he steps on the opponent's ankle I mean what's questionable here I suppose is he gets a yellow card for it, right? The, the tackles deemed rough he gets the yellow card and for some reason it goes to VAR and I guess in an ideal world, it would go to VAR always. Almost everything would kind of theoretically go to VAR. They'd always have their back, their, their eye on these types of things, and it would it would stamp it out just because everyone would know that if you try to pull that type of tackle, you're gonna get carded. Boom. Problem is, how rare, how rare is it that they actually do that? Like, what gave this cause for a VAR review over all the other tackles similarly that don't get it, and especially in our case? Right, as as Besiktas fans it's easy to feel aggrieved because there have been so many examples where things didn't go to var or they should have for us so of course somehow this gets that sort of second look never benefits us does it I, i'm all for technology i'm all for evolution and uh, more in you know increased scrutiny and um objective right objectivity or whatever it is but it, we can all see how it's not necessarily applied uniformly. And that's the problem, which is essentially the same old problem, right? Giving the authority and power to the same corrupt folks that had it before. So you've just given them the technology to like doctor what they want from from it, I suppose. But anyway, it's a much bigger conversation than we have here. Red card for Joseph, we're not two men down. <laughs> and so, uh, like, almost up to that point, we have 60% of the ball. And just in the last, like, I don't know, let's say, like, I, this, so this occurs officially on the books, in the 37th minute, but I don't even think, like, it's not like there was just eight minutes from there, because of all the extra stoppage time and everything. I think there was probably 10 to 12 minutes. But so, for just with whatever was left, we go down 10, 10%, and uh, by halftime, It's like 50-50 possession. Again, we're two men down. Just before the half, Emre Bilgin gets a yellow card for, I suppose, taking too long to kick the ball up or something. I don't even recall it, but whatever. So at the half is where Emirhan Ilkhan comes off for Atiba Hutchinson. And again, right, you kind of understand the logic. We need someone who's more of a dual offensive and defensive player. More defensive-minded, perhaps, Um, given that we're two men down at this point. So, Atiba, you know, it's just somewhat logical, not to mention, like, the steady, the captain, the, the vet, you know, the guy who kind of knows how to play things out, and that's what we'd have to do here, right? We're two men down, we have a two-goal lead, let's just try to hold on to the ball and waste time as much as we can without being egregious with it, especially with how unjust some of this stuff was. So, yeah, I don't think we have to feel bad about it at all. For them, it's Kerim Aliji coming on for Murat Paluli and Adis Yahovic for Karaman Demirtas uh, they're they're trying to go on the attack here you know in theory um, and there's a big period here where just nothing happens this second half of of this match is probably the most boring half of football I've ever watched and it sounds you know what I mean it sounds mean but it it's just reality it was. Like pulling teeth. Yeah, I, I, I, if this game was on at 9 a.m. here in New York City. They changed it up, you know, kind of late, but whatever. Um, yeah, I was struggling to stay awake. You know, I needed that morning coffee quite a bit. Um, but so yeah, that would that, no action for the first, let's say, 20 minutes of the first half. There was actually a yellow card for Franco Di Santo in uh, the 55th minute and 60th minute yellow card for Yaljin Kayan for them. Uh, they're getting really physical. Um, and one of these tackles, they make a tackle that uh, I think it was Montero who they took out. And the crowd cheers the tackle. And it was a vicious, like the man should have been carded. It wasn't. I don't know what, you know, the ref is just like letting things go. I guess the, the crowd is quite vociferous, right? This is a side that's leaving the league. This is the last home game in the season. I think it's like crowd management at this point, just not not carding them for this stuff. But there were some real vicious tackles. Anyway, just the two yellow cards distributed there. Uh, they would bring on Ege Kayemolu for Marko Mihojevic in the 62nd minute. In the 63rd minute, Mishiba Chouai would come on for Kyle Laren. John Bozdoan for Rashid Gezel in the 65th minute. It would be number 43 Tijanic, David Tijanic, 24 year old Slovenian central midfielder who would send in a really nice shot. Um, Emre Bilgin would punch it and punch it pretty well like out of anyone's direction for them to make a rebound, uh, get a second attempt on. Uh, and, And now it's starting to look like this Emre Bilgin kid is actually having a pretty good match, right? Like we're two men down we're holding them off pretty thoroughly and like for any chances they, they produce he's looking solid and so like if they thought all right let's get a bunch of shots off and you know they've got some kid in goal who doesn't belong at this point that notion has been dispelled which must be a bit disheartening for them right they must they must have thought that, that could be an advantage of theirs and it's not it's definitely not this kid is ste- stepping up to the to the scene here I'm um, just before that chance Mishibats came into the match with Kyle Laren Oh, I already mentioned that. And yeah, John Bozoan for Rashid Gizzo. And so that would be just about it until the 73rd minute where, I, and I'd mentioned Jachovic coming on. Adis Jachovic, a guy who's been in the Super League for a while, so he should know better. Um, he is going for a ball that's high. Nijib comes in to head it. And he goes with his foot and kind of almost takes Nedjib out, you know, foot to head. I think it gets part of his like collar bone area rather than his actual head, but it's clearly a very dangerous play Initially a yellow card VAR review. It's a red Adis Yahovic comes out and that's a big L for them because like two men up You expect them to come back and, and maybe put it maybe put up a fight for At least the one goal, but then once they score that first you'd expect them to press on for the second instead they get nothing Right, they're only a man up now and we're already showing a proclivity for defending pretty well. Uh, and so yeah, that's they're not too f- f- pleased with that you'd imagine. Eighty-third minute Eget Uzkayamodu gets a yellow card, eighty-third in the same because of that break there. Efejan Sajikara comes on for Atakan Jankaya. 85th minute Kedim Aliji gets a yellow card. 86th minute Mishi Bachwai. Kadem Alichi really took out Michi Batshuayi, a tough, like really poor tackle on him. Batshuayi responds by kind of like, I mean honestly this was more innocent, he, he jumped up to try to keep the ball in bounds and gets a piece of a dude's head on the jump. So I mean it wasn't vicious, w- whatever, they're both getting carded here. 90th minute plus two, second minute of extra time, Izet Furkan Malak comes on for David Tijanic, the, uh, the guy who had a shot on goal earlier. Ege uzkaya molu in the seventh minute of extra time. And at this point, it, the game probably should have already been whistled, but um, he sends in a shot, really superbly, low across the goal mouth. But Emre Bilgin dives and steers it just wide past the post, and I mean this, at this point, that's like A-plus goalkeeping, stellar stuff. And you can't say enough about this kid's match at this point, like he showed that we have Not just a a pretty decent backup, right? In vis-a-vis Ersin, but if Ersin Destano is definitely on his way out, Emre Bilgen just raised the question: Do we need to spend money on a goalkeeper? I mean, we obviously have Mert Gunok, and so I mean, in a way, that's ideal. He provides insurance, so we could say, let's see what this Emre kid's got, and if not, we have Mert at least until the winter break, right? The reason that's important is because we very clearly need to spend some money on central defenders, strikers. Right? We have like maybe even a winger. Right? We have guys that we have holes that need to be filled on the pitch. Obviously, Jedson Fernandes coming in is huge. That fills a huge one. Um, But still, right? At least we need one like anchor on the back line, like a really good central defender, and maybe even a second one beyond that. We need a striker and then probably even a backup striker to be 100% on it. Like, I think we can all be comfortable with Guven Yalchin as an option, but maybe not even. Like, if your main striker's out and Guven is the only, the only other guy there, that's not, that's not gonna cut it, right? So, certainly holes to be filled. Uh, so, if we don't have to spend money on a keeper, that should be more than welcomed. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, Kid played excellent. That's it for the match. Game over. We win it nil to two. Fantastic stuff, frankly. Like, they had 18 shots. Seven on target. We only had eight and three on target. They ended up with 62% of the ball to our 38%. No surprises, right? Like, I mean, we, we were holding the ball quite a bit until we went a man down. And even still, we were doing all right until we went two men down. So... Can't be too surprised by that outcome. Possession-wise, I mean, uh, the result was pretty great. So of those 18 total shots, they had two big chances, right? We Actually, we had two big chances as well, obviously, right? We scored twice. Uh, but here's the thing, we missed zero of those big chances. They missed two of them, just goes to show you, you got to be able to, to finish up top. Even if you have all of the ball and all of the chances, you can't put it in the back of the net. That's how it goes, uh, and especially when, eh, yeah, young Emre Bilgot, the GOAT. <laughs> um, young Bilgin, you know, if he's playing like that, it's going to be hard to, to, to capitalize, I, I guess. But so, yeah, they had 385 passes completed at an 84% rate, compared to our 209 passes completed at a 73% rate, which. <clears throat> You know, you expect us to not have the best match of all time in regard, as regards passing efficiency, when you know you're playing with two men down. Much of it, and you're just hoping to clear the ball much of the time, or, or you know, hope to, to get a miraculous chance on a risky through ball or whatever it might be. But one fascinating point here is they they committed 20 fouls to our 10, right? 20 fouls to our 10. And they got six yellow cards to our three, but we had two red cards to their one. So in all, they would have seven cards dished out. We would have five, even though they committed double the amount of fouls. And quite a few were overlooked. One vicious one that could have been cardable and wasn't even called a foul at all against Montero. So, some really odd stuff, referee-wise. In what's been a terrible year regarding referees, this was perhaps one of the worst performances yet. But I guess we kind of almost have to expect it at this point, it's just going to get weirder and weirder. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about individual players. There actually are not a ton of players rated above a seven. Which I guess again, right, with all the guys missing from this match, red cards out, red cards go lower, passing not particularly efficient because you know you're doing the best you can, men down. Only eight players rated above a seven. Uh, we can extend it up to nine because Emirhan Ilkhan has a 6.99, um, he only played for half of a match though. Uh, and considering how much of these stats are like accumulated by, you know, dinky little passes here and there and having a high f- pass efficiency because of that, he would easily have been rated highly had he played even 60 minutes. So the fact that he's cracking that, you know, 7 rating or above is, is, is actually great. So let's talk about from the highest rated down to the lowest of the good players, right, of all of those rated above 7. Highest-rated player in this match, Emre Pilkin. Then, Francisco Montero. Of course, he had a great assist. Um, but also really solid, I mean, we had a clean sheet, right? Despite being two men down, you gotta give some credit to the back line. Kyle Lahren, next. Of course, he scored, and that's gonna give you a lot of points. Puntos. Then, Serdar Sachi. Again, that, you gotta give it up to the defenders. That back line was solid. Then Nejip Uysa, who played much of the game. Remember, Wellington came out in the 11th minute. Then David Tijanic, who um, he had a good chance on goal, saved well by M.W. again. Then Yaljin Kayan, who's their midfielder in the center of their midfield, who I think was something of a fulcrum for them, connecting their defense and, and attack. Then Umut Medash, who played quite well, apparently. And then finally, like I said, Emirhan Ilkan, just below the seven rating, uh, six point nine nine. But we'll, we'll we'll add him to the group. We'll have there's only nine players in the back. So yeah, the bulk of them, of course, Besiktas players. Of those nine players, only two were Goztepe players. Seven Besiktas players, and all of the top five. So what are the stats for Mwigan? Well, he made seven saves. 13 of 30 on his passes. Well, what are you going to do, right? There's a lot of long balls kicking it out there. But yeah, and again, long balls, 8 of 25. So the majority of his passes were long balls. And of course, not particularly accurate ones. But like, you know, that's kind of a weakness of Ersin Destanolus. Of Ersins, rather. I don't know why. He did throw in his last name. But uh, I would say Emre Bilgin showed much more of a strength in this regard. He had one diving save, which was actually a really fantastic one I mentioned. He had three saves inside the box. He acted as a sweeper once. I mean, just eight recoveries. 42 touches, so quite present for a keeper here. And really stood up, you know, stood up to the test thoroughly. It's a quite a, it's quite a test for him, you know. You'd think, oh, it's really low form, goose tape, but again, right, any side, if they're two men up, are going to be pressing and challenging, and so he really did great. These are all professional footballers, right? Like, um, So yeah, fantastic effort from him. For Javi Montero, again, the assists, his pass was 25 of 36, 69%, but he was one of eight on long balls. Remember, we were kind of having to launch them up because we were bent down as much of this. He played the full 90. He created the one big chance, obviously. He got the assist. I already mentioned that he had 45 touches. He was quite active yeah and like I said, you know his, his passing numbers were were hurt by all the long balls launched up but like all, all in all pretty solid stuff. He won two of two ground duels so 100 percent, two of three aerial duels. so yeah quite quite solid stuff for montero, both obviously defensively but also offensively with that nice assist um, staying on side really well you know to, to sort of dash their effort at a press and yeah. Just do the, not just that, but do the right thing in terms of not like panicking and, and rushing a shot like at a weird angle, which is what I think he, a lot of people would have expected of him. But to take, have to patiently wait for the attack to come up and then to find Joseph perfectly. You know, it was a really nicely weaved ball on the ground. So yeah, fantastic stuff from Montero. Certainly a contender for man of the match. But I, I gotta give it up to the kid, Emre Bugin, Just fantastic stuff from him. So yeah, that's it. That's all we got to talk about for this match. Good win to, to close out the season. And like, oh, whatever, you beat Gosteta. But we did it with two men down, right? Like, we didn't score a single goal until we were down one man. Uh, in fact, we were down one man for both of those goals. But that was our most dominant spell, was, was after we went down a man. So, credit to Valar Ismail, who had to, you know, play with his little pad for much of the game, trying to figure out who to play where. But he did exactly what needed to be done. we won, and he can't ask for more than that. Now, where does that leave us in the standing? So, we move up to sixth, which is good play, good news, rather. Um, we're still within three points of Alanyaspor, which is because they won, which is perhaps unfortunate. But the real bad news is that Basakshi here, they only managed to draw against Giresun. But only managed to draw against Gidderson, sadly, means that they are now four points ahead of us going into the last match. Which means that even if they lost and we won and we gained three points, we'd still be one point back on fourth place by here. So the crazy thing is, so I said Fatih Kharagumanuk had to draw points against Fener, which they did. Means that still, or they have Alanyaspor Sport next, so they could still beat Alanyaspor Sport. So we can pass Alanyaspor Sport, and then come in within, come within one point of fourth place. Um, if only Bashakshir hadn't drawn. I and mean, the other thing is that they have a, a really solid goal differential, whereas ours is fairly mediocre. We're at a plus eight; they're at a plus eighteen. So we would have had to win by like five goals, and they would have had to lose by five goals. In addition to, to you know, leveling them up points. So it was a, it was a crazy scenario anyway that would have gotten us into fourth, but nonetheless, the dream is gone officially, mathematically even, so that's it for Europe, nothing to look forward to, Trabazon is out of the cup, they lost, so uh, that means fifth place is not going to be going to Europe, it's going to be the cup winner, which is score or I want to say Sivas, but I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't care, I really, I couldn't care less who goes to the cup at this point, yeah it is, it's Kayseri and Sivas, not Alanya, Sivas, beat Alanya I think, so, whatever, means very little to me, at the end, either way, Kayseri or Sivas is not going to represent Turkey very well in whatever competition that is, I think Europa League, which is I guess a shame, but our coefficient is in shambles regardless, it's not going to be their fault, um, as far as who is going to represent us in the Conference League, it's looking like it's going to be Konyaspor and here. I mean, Alanyaspor could still pass here. Um, I think e- either of those sides is pretty decent. Konyaspor is probably the, going to be the weaker of those, those teams. Uh, they certainly deserve a spot in Europe based on their season, but they've really struggled to close out the season. They're gonna lose, probably, Abdul-Kid and Barzakshi, right? There's talk we might get him. Um, they're gonna probably be picked apart for any talent they do have, based on the successes they've had. So, they're not gonna be good representatives in Europe, you would imagine. Um, it's just the Conference League. The important thing is in the Champions League, it's gonna be Trabzon's score and Fenerbahce. In theory, Kayseri, sorry, Konya could catch Fenet if they beat us on the final match day. And Fener lose but there's also a plus nine goal differential and the best they can do is equal them and Fener is playing Yeni Malachi sport which is by fall by far the weakest side in Turkey this season so you have to expect it's Fener going to the Champions League which is a shame <laughs> obviously as rivals of theirs but probably good for Turkey honestly um, Fener will probably put up or they have the resources to put up a better run in Europe than Konya. Whether they do or not is an entirely other question. But um, they're going to have to go through the qualifying rounds to get into the Champions League, so that might not even happen. It might be more of a Europa League or even Conference League run if things really fall apart. Um, as for Trabzon Sport, obviously good luck to them in Europe. Um, and hopefully they get really tired over there and just completely stink up the Super League next year. <laughs> and I hope they they have to wait another thirty years for a title, you sucker. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't bear that much. I mean, honestly, I'm not, because I I hope we win every year. I hope we win thirty in a row. Obviously, as a Besiktas fan, but um, I don't hold any grudge against Trabzonspor. I, I don't much care. I, I, in a way, I, I guess I'm glad that Fener didn't get a title again or that to say, you know, really struggled. And so let's quickly mention, since I waited for all the results to come in, I should mention that I got themselves a win against Adana Demir rocketing themselves up into 11th place. Alright, with 51 points, they could theoretically now finish as high as 9th. They could pass Adana Demir, who has collapsed at the end of the year here. All right for a minute they looked like they could be the side going to Europe. Far from it now. Um, Glad to today is yet to play Antalyaspor. On the other hand, and Antalyaspor is in seventh place. They could get up as high as fifth with a win. They could theoretically pass us. We're level on points with Antalyaspor. Um, so, <laughs> you know, whatever. It is what it is. But certainly, I mean, the news for us is that at 58 points, we are three points behind Alanyaspor and four points behind Başakşehir. If we finish ahead of Alania score on points, um, it would be impossible I should, we can't finish we've got to finish level on points with them, but we have the same goal differential, which means that if they did lose next week and we did win to, to go level on points with them, uh, we would probably pass them. I think as far as the head to head goes, I don't honestly recall, and I don't know the, the, the, how we rank it, but we beat Alanya's for 4-1 to one in our last outing. So I think we've, we're okay on the head-to-head. Let's see, in the first match we lost 2-0, to nil, but they're gold, so it, go, it comes out of gold differential. Yeah, so we, we'll pass them. We will officially end the season in fifth place if Alanya lose and we win. Alanya again has to play Fatih Karagumar. Who could want to play well? They have 57 points. They can end the season on 60 points and finish as high as sixth place, which would be a really great out- outing for them, no doubt about it. And they started really well, kind of fell apart, and then pulled it together again, and it's a pretty decent season for them. Um, certainly they're kind of both Alanya and Fatih are competing for, at this point just... I mean, Alanya has more to play for that they could theoretically go to the Conference League if here drops points. If Bashakshir loses or draw, and Alanyaspor win, they could lose fourth to Alanyaspor. But it's so, it's on the air. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, we want to win. We hope to be victorious. In our last outing, we are going to be playing Konyaspor at home Sunday, May 22nd, 1 p.m. here in New York City, local listing. Uh, Check your own, obviously. You're going to want to see when that game is on. Not to mention, last week it was supposed to be on at 1 p.m., and then it got moved up to 9 a.m. So, you know, stay updated. That might change. That said, I hope it stays at 1 p.m. Emiya, uh, shouts to you. Maybe we can meet up. Uh, but so, yeah, with that, with that said, that's all I got to say. We're done. We're done here. A good win for us three points. Rocketing us all the way up into sixth place Uh, We can still theoretically finish as high as fifth. We could also theoretically finish as low as eighth But so let's hope for uh, one last victory Valerian Ismail's three wins three draws and one loss so far despite playing both Trabzon and Fenerbahce lots of injuries End of the season, you know, a ton of guys on their way out, you know, contracts expiring, um, you know. Despite all of that, still a, a pretty good outing. So let's hope for more of that next season. So with that said, follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles podcast, one word. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot on Twitter. And as always, let's go Bashing Tosh! Peace out, everybody. Bishikdash International hopes you enjoyed this program.